Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I always had a gift of gab. That's we all I, know that. Listen to <laughs> listen to Alan Grubman for the next hour. You're going to know what the gift of gab is really all about. Hello, everyone. You're in for a treat today. This is Martha Stewart. And if you're in the entertainment business, there is one lawyer that you want on your side, and his name is Alan Grubman. She's right. Alan is considered the most influential attorney in the industry and has the well-known clientele to prove it. From Bruce Springsteen, Robert De Niro, Elton John, Lady Gaga, to Little Nas X, and so many others— Even me, Martha Stewart. Alan's international legal powerhouse has represented all of us. Alan is a co-founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as well as a recent inductee. I was so proud when you got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Alan Grubman. Now joining me to talk about his successful career and the entertainment business is the legendary, and I don't even like to call you legendary because you're not dead yet. That's true. Legends are dead. You're right. And you and are you are not a legend yet, but you are very active and very busy and very funny. And Alan's always been the same. And I've known him and worked with him since 1987. Welcome, Correct. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you very, very much. And so I've gone through several lawyers in your firm, Alan Grubman. That's correct. For, we started with Alan Grubman. Um, in what 1987, I think it was. You had, we we had just made a deal uh, with um, Kmart. Uh, with Kmart, we made a consulting deal with Kmart in 1987, and that was when we first met. And I think that was the first thing we were involved. And that in. consulting deal allowed me and my company to buy back my rights to Martha Stewart Living Magazine from Time, Inc. 1995, I believe, was when we bought it back. Yeah. I think 19, that was it. 1990. I mean, 1995. Yes. Did I say? I'm, yeah. Excuse me. It was, that's right. And in 87, you made the consult. And the first time the magazine was published through Time, Inc. was in 1990. That's right. That was the first time. That's right. And then a few years later, we were in a position which 
to my dying day, I'll never understand that they were prepared to sell you back everything. And we know what happened yeah. after that. And for not very much money either. $75 million. Remember, they signed a little piece of paper and they let me, they let me, uh, and I kept that little piece of paper and I bought it back. Correct. Well, um, those, those early days were so exciting for me and, uh, and you were just, I think I was the first non-performer client you ever had. Okay. Let me say something to you that I've, let me just tell you something I've never directly told you. You were my lucky charm. Really? Yes. You were the first non-music client I had in 1987. And going forward, inspired by the representation of you, the firm started going into all these different areas. Movies, television, journalism, athletics. Manufacturing. And that was manufacturing. Manufacturing. And that was all inspired by our representation of you. How great. And I've never said this to you, and I'm saying it publicly, that I have an enormous debt to you. I don't, well, I, I assume at some point I would have got through life, but meeting you <laughs> was a major step forward. Uh, well, that's very nice to know and, uh, and very nice to hear. Um, but we had, uh, what, I want to I get back into your beginnings because here you are, you were born in Brooklyn. Correct. Uh, you went to Brooklyn College. City College. Oh, City College. And Brooklyn Law School. Okay. And uh, and what made you, what did you do first? What, what, did you, what kind of law did you practice when you first got out? I, I, I'll tell you, this is, a, a, this is interesting and it's, it's fairly well known. At the age of 11, I had a stage mother. And at the age of 11, she decided that her son should be a singer. So she ends up, there was this television show in New York in those days called the Horn and Hard Art Children's Hour, which was on every Sunday on NBC at 1030 in the morning. So she sent a, a letter and somehow I got an audition. I had a, a really good singing voice. Really? Yes. Oh. So I was accepted. And from 11 to 13, I was on that show every Sunday and I was part of a quartet. At the age of 13, my voice changed. That was the end of my career. But growing up in Brooklyn, it it gave me a taste of the entertainment business. What do I mean? The they would pick us up or pick me up at on Saturday for rehearsal in a limousine, and they would take me into the city. Thirty Rock, you, right here. You must here. have been famous in your neighborhood. Wow! But Nimmo. let me tell you the the interesting <laughs> thing. So they take you in in a limousine. And you'd rehearse, and then they'd take you home. The only time in Brooklyn, if you, a middle-class family, the only time you ever was in a limousine. In a funeral. When, when you were right behind a funeral procession. So all of a sudden, I'm driving in this limousine, and something else happened. When, you, when I grew up, there were two restaurants that I went to. You went to a kosher deli, and you went for Chinese food on Sunday at 5 o'clock. That was the extent of it. They used to take us out for lunches and dinners during rehearsals to these very, very good restaurants. So by the age of 13, when my brilliant career was over, I said, you know something? This is good. You go to good restaurants, you drive in fancy cars, and that stayed in my mind. What ends up happening, I go to City College, 
Then I go to Brooklyn Law School. And in Brooklyn Law School, I said, I want to be an entertainment lawyer. So instead of working for lawyers part-time after school, my first year, I was in the mail room at William Morris. Oh, great. I didn't know that. From four to eight at night. And the second and third year, I was a page at CBS. And Geffen was a page at CBS. A zillion of my friends now who were successful. So I'm a page. So they had me wear a gray sport jacket with a CBSI. So I would walk into class every day with this gray sport jacket and the CBSI. And they'd say, Grubman's crazy. What's he doing? He takes people to their seats, which is what a page does. Everybody thought that I was like a little out of my mind, but I wanted to get some exposure to the entertainment business. And then afterwards I graduated and then my career started, blah, blah, blah. And Where did you practice law first? First job I ever had was with a man by the name of Walter Hofer, who was a music lawyer. I always wanted to be a movie lawyer or a, a, a television lawyer. The last thing I wanted to be was a music lawyer. He's the only one who gave me a job. I started working for him in 1970. And um, that's how I became a music lawyer at the very beginning. Well, and look at look at your clientele now. So many amazing, famous, famous, famous musicians. It's amazing. You know something? I I pinch myself because uh, in my speech at the at the Hall of Fame, I said I wasn't supposed to do this. I was. I went to Brooklyn Law School. I was supposed to be a negligence lawyer, and and I said I hate accidents. What? How would I be a successful <laughs> negligence lawyer? But by sheer luck, I, I was able to get my first job in my first love. And that's what happened. So after you worked for, for your, first, um, your first boss, right. uh, how did you start your law firm? Okay, I started working for him. And for, I started in 1969. In 1974, I had a knack for it. You know, sometimes you, you sense that you're good at something. This was the first time in my life I ever was good at anything. I wasn't a great athlete. I was a terrible student. I always had a gift of gab, but that, but that's. We all I, know that. Listen <laughs> to listen to Alan Grubin for the next hour. You're going to know what the gift of gab is really all about. <laughs> so I start working, and after four years, I realized that I wanted to go out on my own. So I left the firm with four clients, two Frenchmen who ended up creating the Village People, a a. Miami little record company that created Casey and the Sunshine Band, oh, blah, blah, boy. blah. Then there were two other disco artists. In the 70s, disco was the, was the big deal. So um, I go out on my own, and all of a sudden, disco explodes, and I start representing. And now I'm uh, in my own practice, and all these— Where was your first office, physically? 65 East 55th Street, right next to where the Friars Club— is now they okay. tore down the building. It was one of these six-story buildings, and um, and that's how I first started. It was seven hundred and fifty dollars a month rent, and God knows how small it was. Um, and then I started building, 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 and in in nineteen eighty, disco died. I don't know if everybody remembers. It came to an end, um, and and I said, uh oh, that's it. I'm done. And then in 1980, Bruce Springsteen, I meet him, I meet Madonna. There were some really 
important mainstream artists that I started representing, Elton John. And then from there, it, it really took off. So who does your firm currently represent? Oh, it's like... Back it's, to it's business. It's a who's who, um, the, the, whether it's um, Bob Iger or Zazla. Oh, Bob Iger just went back to work again. Yes, yes. And, you know, I was very happy to see that he is requiring or wanting to require five-day... Four days of five days, uh, right. Yeah, work week. Yeah. He, you know, uh, he's very, very happy to be back. He is. I have a list here um, that here here's here are some of the clients: Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, Lady Gaga, Little Nas. Oh, don't you love Little Nas X? Oh my gosh, I love him. Uh, Madonna, Nicki Minaj, Mariah Carey, Robert De Niro, LeBron James, Gail King, Barbara Walters. Past past now. Uh, Diane Sawyer, Bette Midler. Um, we have Usher. We have David Foster, Shania Twain, The Estates, David Bowie, Paul Simon, U2, Tony. These are just some of many, many, many iHeartMedia. 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 We are talking on iHeartMedia right now. This is my podcast. That's it. And uh, so we represent iHeartMedia. We represent Live Nation, which is the company that does all the promotions. And then Spotify. We Spotify, yeah. Warner Music Group, Universal Music Group, Sony, Irving. All right, enough, okay, enough, Okay, but enough. that's – so – and you have how many lawyers now in the firm? 50. 50 lawyers all working night and day to keep all of us in business with good contracts. Doing the best that they can do and you can do. But, you know, I couldn't. When did you take your first partner? Who was your first partner? Arthur and Dursky. Yes, I remember Arthur. Arthur was my first partner um, in 19, I, a couple of years after I started to practice. I, I started to bring people in and name pe people partners. The structure was a little different than a formal partnership, but he was the first one. And then a few years later, it was Paul Schindler. And then now there are 50 lawyers in the firm. As you know. Yep. And the lawyer that I work with most closely, well, there are two. Uh, Larry Shire. Correct. Who is now who a, is devoted who is, to you. Who is now a senior partner and right. his name is in the name of the firm. It's Grubman Shire. Um, Marsalis, Marsalis and, and Sachs. And, Sachs right. and also Peter Grant. I just wanted to mention both of those because they work really hard for us and they are fantastic representatives of the Grubman law firm. Thank you very much. They very are much. amazing. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. So stepping out on your own, you started to accumulate a roster of clients that is second to none in the entertainment business. Thank you very much. Your friends. Who do you who do you consider uh, your circle of friends? Which you just when I walked into this morning to um, to interview Alan, he was on the phone with Skip Bronson. Skip Bronson, who, in, who you introduced me to. That's right. Correct. I introduced him to Skip Bronson, who was at the time in Las Vegas working for Steve Wynn. Correct. And then you were also, you said you had dinner uh, yesterday or lunch yesterday at at uh, Cipriani with... Erwin Winkler. Erwin Winkler, who's another old-time friend and client right. of yours. And so the whole time that I've known Alan Grubman, he still has all his old friends, which is is really an amazing feat, well, I want to add all. something. Yes, I live in a very exclusive area of the Hamptons called Lily Pond Lane. And you know who convinced me to buy the house? I did. Martha Stewart. I couldn't stand it. He was renting. And I said, Alan, you have to buy a house. You have to. And he bought a really nice house and improved it tremendously. Directly across the street from yep. literally across the street. Across the street. And I'm sorry I sold my house. I'm not really sorry, but I'm sorry. I miss you. I yeah. miss you. And I miss, I miss and I miss the breakfast. And I miss your wife. Mm-hmm. And uh and I really uh I really wish sometimes that I was still out there, but I'll be out. I'll be I'll be visiting. Um but the, the the Hamptons and and when you if I just to describe to digress a little bit, Alan's Sundays are amazing in the Hamptons because there's a lunch, you don't know who's going to be. John Bon Jovi's at lunch, and then there's tell just say who well, you, comes you to your now, house. Nowadays, it's David Zaslav, who's the chairman of Warner's. And David he, and Geffen he, has a house on the street. Uh, bon Jovi. Um, it's just like, and then remember those days, Mort Zuckerman was there all the time. Mort Zuckerman, um, who you, it it was a who's who on Sunday for lunch. And Debbie used to get calls. How do I get invited? How do I get invited? And Debbie, who is a very famous realtor, a real estate agent here in New York city is this, um, beautiful buxom blonde, very, very fit and very beautiful, long blonde hair. And she somehow keeps Alan Grubman in intact, shape yes. and intact. Right, exactly. <laughs> she's, uh, she's amazing. Yes. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your family. You have how many kids? So I have, uh, Two daughters, Lizzie and Jenny, 
who Lizzie has two children, 16 and 13, and Jenny has twins, 16. Debbie has a son um, who has a daughter, and then uh, she has a daughter uh, who has two children. Yeah, So you and you keep track of all those birthdays. It, they make sure I keep <laughs> they track because <do. laughs> they all have arthritis. Describe this to the audience. Their hands are always like this. Oh, they're oh the palms are up? Yeah, palms oh. are always up waiting to be filled. <laughs> That's their form of arthritis. You know why? Because you're a very generous man. That's why, Alan Thank Grumman. You. Thank you. And you've always been a generous man, and that makes a big difference to kids. Thank you. They, they know that Thank they you. can count on you, right? As his, as his clients can count on him. So what is the biggest mistake people make or some of the mistakes people make when signing contracts? They have the wrong lawyers. And very often when people sign contracts, they only look at one line, how much money they're getting. They don't look at everything else that's so important. Like what, what's required of them what's to earn of them, the money. What restrictions, what they can do, what they can't do, what the companies on the other side could do. It isn't just, there's an old, Grubman expression. It's not about the money. It's about the money. Yeah. But that is only to a certain point. I quote you many times yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. But there are a lot of other things that are important. So the, the law firm is growing. It is uh, accumulating clients at a, at a very, very fast rate. Correct. Um, who would you say has been the most exciting client to deal with? It, it depends on what period of time. Right now, an important client of the firm is Warner's, Warner Media, David Zaslav, because of all that's happening. Well, he has been accumulating properties like crazy. Uh, David Zaslav was, was, uh, became very famous as the head of Discovery Correct. Channel. Correct. And then he bought uh, Warner Media. Warner Media. About a year and a half. Which ago. includes what? HBO? It's HBO, CNN, Warner, Warner Movies, the Warner Movie Group. Um, TNT, it's an enormous company. It is. And uh, and the Food Network. And he merged that with Discovery, and it's now an enormous media company. And he's now in the process of integrating it and growing it. Yep. Yeah, really amazing. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah, I love him. He's so much fun, too. And Can uh, I tell a funny story about yes. Barbara Streisand and oh, him? Oh, yes. <laughs> so... Uh, we're, we have a dinner out in California, which Debbie does, and Streisand is there, and David Zaslav right after he got the job. So Barbara comes in. David was already there talking to a few people. Barbara comes in. I go over to Barbara. I say, Barbara, you see the guy with the vest? Yeah. He's now the new head of Warner Pictures, because that's what he would, she would say. Warner Pictures? Yes. He is Bob Daly. He is Steve Ross. I mentioned all these. Are you kidding now? So I said. She hadn't met him before? She didn't know who he was. Oh, oh. She, she, I mean, she, he had no idea. So I go over to Zaslav. He said, take a look over there. He says, is that Barbara Streisand? I said, I'm glad your vision is 2020. Yes. I said, now what you're going to do is you're going to walk over to her. You're going to sit down and you're going to chat with her. He says, okay. So he, for the next 20 minutes, they fall in love with each other. Oh, great. Because he was 
how do I say this? He was doing everything to ingratiate himself with her. And she was doing twice as much because she's picturing that she'll be able to do a movie for what? It was hysterical. And then when it's time to go into dinner, she comes over to me and says, Alan, he's such a charming guy. And it was very, very funny. So these two people met for the first time. Oh, great. And they worked each other to the point that they wanted to accomplish. So I thought it was a cute story because he was just, you know, Discovery is a network that d does documentaries. They don't really deal with talent. They do with documentaries, as you know, the Food oh, yeah. Network. Uh, they do documentaries on interesting subjects. And now all of a sudden, he's running this company where talent is the issue. But anyway, I thought it was a cute story. That's very, very cute. Yeah. And um, and uh, so is she going to make a movie with him? Well, she's hoping. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, she can just write her own ticket, Barbara yeah. Streisand. I mean, she has done. She's an amazing actress and an amazing performer. Yeah. So, and I don't. And I. I don't think she's uh, thinking of retiring anytime no. soon. Yeah, she's. She's. You. You guys are the same age. So Alan just turned eighty. I'm eighty-one. Hard to believe, right, Alan? Impossible to Impossible. believe. Impossible. Hard yes. is not the right word. Yeah, we we don't. We are workers. And I was talking to Alan before we um, started the interview today. We're unicorns. About, That's the yes, word I was Yes, we are about. unicorns, but we are also the hardest workers around. We don't want to retire. When people say, oh, what are you, when are you going to slow down? I, I couldn't think about slowing down. And Alan Grubman certainly hasn't slowed down at all. We'll have plenty of time to rest at the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> you are bi-coastal now also. When did you decide that you would get a house in it, LA? It, it had nothing to do with me. It was Debbie. Oh. Debbie's whole family. I've always had a, a, a lot of clients in LA and I would go there once a month for a, a week or several days. So she says, Alan, it's time for us to buy a house. Uh, I'm tired of, of staying at hotels, but, but she really wanted to have a house. So then we, we start looking for houses. This is another interesting story. Uh, we start looking for a house and one house is bad, but, but one after the other, we don't like. Then all of a sudden, Debbie gets a call from David Geffen. David Geffen is a very successful entrepreneur in the entertainment business. He's fairly well known. So, but he's a dear friend of mine. And hey, the Philharmonic, the New York Philharmonic Hall is now the David Geffen Hall. Thanks correct. to a massive gift from David Geffen. Correct. I went to the opening. Were you at the yeah, opening? Yeah. yeah, we saw each other. Yeah. So um, he says to Debbie, get on a plane today. I want you to be out here. I want to show you something. So David said, get on a plane. Debbie gets on a plane. There was a very famous agent called Sue Mangers, oh, yes. which probably very few people in your audience will remember. But she was like the most famous agent of her day. And she had just died. And she had this great house in Beverly Hills. So to make a long story short, we bought the house. And, um, and what ended up happening is that Debbie spent about a year and a half. It was a wreck. But the bones were great. It was a very famous architect. I want to see that house one of these days. Yeah, you should. When you're out there, you'll love it. I have to coordinate it. a visit. So the bottom line is, so now we have a house and we're out there a week, a month. But she loves it. And we love the house. And she's doing in L.A. what she does in New York. Not working. Yeah. But in terms of socializing. Yeah, and seeing her, seeing her family and, and grandchildren. And spending time, right? Yeah, that's so great. So I just want to know, I want people to know what you do in a day. What time do you get up? Um, I get up at six o'clock and um, I get out of bed usually between 6.30 and 7. 
and then I come downstairs, I have a cup of coffee, and then I work out at seven. I, I, I actually work, start working out at seven, three days a week until eight. Then at 8.30, I go to breakfast either with a friend, a client, or a lawyer in the office. And I usually get to the office. Where do you go for breakfast? Um, either EAT on Madison Avenue, Bonnie Greengrass on, on the west side. Columbus Avenue. Um, and the third one is San Ambrose, on, uh, which is on Madison, Madison Avenue. And I get to the office about 9.30, and then the day begins, whether it's phone calls, whether it's uh, meetings, uh, dealing with the lawyers with their issues. And then I go to lunch at uh, one, again, with either lawyers or an outside person. Favorite place for lunch? Um, it's tough these days. Uh, Milos, I like because it's fish. Uh, Trattoria, which is Italian. Brooklyn Diner, I'm going to put in a plug, has the greatest chocolate cake. It's mm. called Alan Grubman's Chocolate oh, Cake. Oh, really? I'm going to go there one yeah. of these days with you. You're taking me for chocolate cake. And I'm cake. paying for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I go to Michael's. Like yesterday, I went with her, went to Cipriani. There's no one restaurant. And if I'm going with the lawyers, then it's totally different. We'll go for pizza. We'll go for some Chinese food. And that's it. So then I came back to the office like 2, 2.30, and I work another two hours doing whatever has to be done. And then at 4.30, I go home. I take a massage at 5 to 6. Oh. And then 7.30, we either have dinner with people at home or we go out to a restaurant, I'm back by 10, 10.30, and sleeping by 10.30, 11. So you get a good night's sleep. Yeah. You sleep well? Yes, I usually sleep from 11 to, let's say, 6. Any any programs that you must watch on TV? Well, I get home at the point. You know what the problem is? I'm out either for dinner or we have dinner, and it always is over by 10, 10, 15. It's too late to watch any program, so I watch news. Mm -hmm. well, so, good. So I, so I'm you, not. You watching. have to be informed in your business. Yeah, in every business. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And um, and so uh, and that's and on weekends. If I'm in California, it's spending time with her kids, and in the evening we socialize. If in New York, if I'm out in the ham. One during the summer, we go out to, as you know, to the to the house. Friday morning and come back Monday morning. During, except in the middle of July, we go to Europe. Um, during the winter, we're out there maybe once or twice maximum. And when we stay in the city, we just relax. There's no specific schedule. Yeah. Good life, good friends. I saw you recently uh, at a big table of people at um, the Polo Bar, with Ralph Lauren's restaurant. Right. That's a fun place to go. That's, I just worry about the fact that it's downstairs. Yes, we all worry about yeah, that. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But the food is great. Yeah, it definitely And the is. atmosphere is great, and uh, we enjoy it. Okay, so um, when, a, when somebody comes to you looking for help, legal help, how do you approach a, a, a new client? First, I, if they come to me, I'll sit and talk to them and see if I have, first of all, if I can be productive for them and number two, do I have an interest in being productive? And then when I see what their issues are and what area, whether it's a, a television, whether it's a book deal, whether it's a music, then um, I will go to the, the appropriate lawyer and have them meet with the person. And then 
we try to help them very, if, if, yeah, we, rep a lot of, uh, we represent a lot of TV journalists now. It started with the representation of Diane Sawyer and Barbara Walters, but now it's spread to Gail King and um, a whole slew of, of journalists. That's an area I find interesting. Yeah, well, very interesting. Barbara Walters just passed away. She was a very close friend of you, yours yeah. and, and Debbie's. Yeah, very, very close. And um, yeah, I've been on the phone with Bob Iger trying to figure out what to do uh, in terms of some sort of memorial, and it's in discussion right now. Okay, well, make sure I get invited because you, you know how you know how she was wonderful. Fond I was of her. And uh, and her professionalism and uh, and her goodwill towards so many good causes. She was, uh, she was great. an interesting woman. I'll tell you a funny story about her. We were on Geffen's boat, and it was Barbara and I, blah blah blah, and and a few other people, very important in the financial world, not in the entertainment. So we're having dinner, and then after dinner, she comes over to me, says, "You know, Alan." this is the only place in the world I'm a sea celebrity <laughs> because the other people, whether it was financial or what they accomplished. Right. So she, she was used to being catered to and, right. and oh, Barbara Walters. And now she said, I'm a sea celebrity. I said, it could be worse. How could it be worse? You could be a D celebrity, <laughs> but we had a big laugh about oh. it. Oh, well, she's a, she was a very forthright person, and yes. she, and she uh, could make fun of herself. Yeah. And that was, that was uh, she was an amazing, amazing. She was the greatest TV journalist, female TV yes. journalist of the 20th but century. But she broke all the ice for That's everybody she that followed. Yeah. She really did. She was she very really unusual. Did. The Golden Globes were last night. Yeah, yeah I missed it. Did yeah. you see it? I did not. No, I was I was out at a at a corporate dinner. But and, and what but, did you say? What did but you I read it all about it this morning. What and did I, they say? And um and it was they said it was a little boring. Right. But um you know they had a lot of repair work to to do after the last Golden right. Globes. But uh, I thought that the awards went to the right people. When I went, you know, when I, I mean, I've seen most of the most of the uh, programming that that won, and uh, I thought I thought they chose chose well. Spielberg's movie won. Yes, the Fablemans, which I actually saw. Oh, and didn't you like it? Yeah, because it was like the story of his life. It was. He he's a victory for the nerds. Yeah. You know, I I've said to Debbie, I said, in high school. There were the nerdy, unpopular kids. And then there were the stars, the head of the football team, the most popular kid, the best looking, blah, blah, blah. What ends up happening as adults? The nerds become Mark Zuckerberg, the Google guys, um, Elon Musk. Of course. And what happens to the great baseball players and popular? They become gym teachers. The nerds are running the world now. They and are the, indeed. And the... And the the people in high school, uh, high school, you got the point. Well, the Bill Gateses and the exactly. Steve Jobs and the, yep, the Charles Simonis of the world. Exactly. Okay. But, um, but it's, uh, everyone, everyone ultimately, uh, it's, it's about what you do all your life, not just about what you do in a should little I, moment should, of should time. I tell everybody the Charles Simone story about sure. going to Joel Silver's wedding? Oh, you tell us. <laughs> I forgot. You Tell forgot. Me. You're going to yeah. remember. Oh, oh, listen to Charles Simone was is a former boyfriend of mine, and uh, we were invited to go to Joel Silver's wedding in Venice. Correct. It twenty was the, years ago. Twenty years ago, the most beautiful wedding. It was a week long wedding. The best, uh, the the best destination wedding I ever went to. Uh, me too. Of course, me they're not too. married anymore. That's but that's right. Another that's issue. right. Okay. Okay. So so. so 
you call Debbie and you say, listen, I'm going with Charles Simone and we're flying over. Would you like a lift? So Debbie said, of course. So on the way to the airport, we stop at EAT and <laughs> Debbie gets two muffins, puts them in a bag. We get on the plane and about 40 minutes into the plane, I say to you, I'm hungry. Can we get something to eat? And you say something to Simone, and he turns white. He brought no food for a nine-hour trip. I don't know if you remember this. I remember. It's a classic. Well, I told no, the story to a million Ron Charles people. is a nerd. He was, he was the man who wrote Word and Excel for Microsoft. And, uh, and he did not believe in dirtying his plane with crumbs. So this is what happened. I said, and I, said, I whispered to Debbie, do you still have the muffins? <laughs> She said, yeah. I said, go into the bathroom and cut them in, in equal pieces and come back. So well, Martha then takes charge. She decided how we were going to eat these two muffins for the next nine hours. Right. And that's the only thing we had to eat. It was hysterical. There was always a, a couple little pieces of chocolate. A special, oh, great. <laughs> a special kind of chocolate that was that was the only thing allowed, and water. I I have told that story. Oh. I can't. It's hysterical uh, that you fly. He nine, loosened up it was after a, brand a while. New plane. I know, brand new uh, Falcon fifty EX. I mean, it was fantastic, <laughs> but no crumbs allowed. No, not, no, 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 uh, I got him to allow me to take my dogs on the plane. That's Can an you, accomplishment. Yeah, that was a big accomplishment, yeah, yeah. and he didn't even like pets. No dogs, no cats, yeah, then no that's nothing. a major, even a bigger accomplishment. Much more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. You're known to be a great negotiator. Uh, what makes a great negotiator? Knowing when to stop. A great negotiator is somebody that knows when, let's say I'm representing somebody that's selling something. First, you got to know when you've reached the point that you're not going to get any more. And if you continue, you're going to develop resentment. And you're going to lose knowing, the deal. And you lose the deal. That's if you're representing the seller. If you're representing the buyer, you got to know how, how much you can give and try to go to the most, but don't become too cheap to blow the deal. Right. So being a great negotiator is understanding when to say stop. And very few people know that. Most people go too far you know, on either side. But do you find that out from, say you're selling something uh, for someone, do you really get those numbers out of the seller before you go it's in? It's instinct. It's instinct. It's all instinct. Okay. You know something, I always said to people, you can study and learn the law, but the emotional intelligence, which you're born with, knowing who you're dealing with, how to get along with that person, and knowing when it's time to close the deal. Are there people that you couldn't ever negotiate with? Yes, and most of them ended up failures because they couldn't negotiate with me. That means they would have problems with other people. Yeah, yeah and they don't succeed. The entertainment industry has changed so drastically over the years. Um, discuss that a little bit. Well, now, uh, let's take movies and television. There was a time when movies were the superior was the superior child and television was the secondary child. As we all know, now television and the shows on television are much more important and much more relevant than movie, theatrical movies. Is that because of the pandemic or is that just it, a trend anyway? I think it's a trend, but also the pandemic, which kept people at home, was had a great impetus. In the, but now they're really, I, I remember years ago, an actor, movie star would never think of doing anything in television. Now it's totally changed. The biggest movie stars are prepared to do television series, television movies, etc. So uh, streaming has changed the world. Uh, it, in Holly, Hollywood used to be, the important companies in Hollywood used to be Paramount and Sony and Warner Brothers. Now the most important companies in Hollywood are the streaming companies, Netflix, Amazon, uh, Roku. Roku. So it's, it's dramatically changed in movies and television. In terms of music, it's all about streaming. People don't buy records anymore. They just stream. So, so the methods of distribution have dramatically changed. The creativity hasn't changed. If you create a great piece of product, it'll be successful. In TV, but, in TV, who do you think are the best uh, creative geniuses right now? The, the same people that used to be creative. Dick Wolf, 
give you an example, Dick Wolf, even though he's still- My on, neighbor in Maine okay. and my friend. Guy, I had dinner the other night with Marishka Hargitay, who's yeah. on- uh, Law and Order. He has eight shows on the air. He's brilliant. Oh, so brilliant. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer has now come become active again. Um, there, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of very, very creative producers. To start naming directors doesn't make sense. Movie star, you know, the old line movie stars changed. You know, those traditional movie stars of yesterday don't exist. They're a different breed of people today. But there are always going to be movie stars of sorts. There are always going to be great directors. There's always going to be great producers because it's all about content. The delivery of content will change. Streaming change, Netflix, Amazon. But the creation of the content always has to be there. If you look back at your career, uh, what do you think was your personal, the biggest accomplishment? The biggest accomplishment is there one event. I'll be honest with you. As I said to you at the beginning, one of the turning points of this practice was representing Martha Stewart. I don't know if you'd call it an accomplishment or you called it a moment in time which allowed me to move forward. That would be, you know, uh, representing David Geffen uh, in the uh, David believed in me. So in, in 1980, he he lived in California and he said, Alan Grubman is going to do very well. And that opened up the doors to many, many people. He was an instrumental part of my career. Um, there was a, a guy by the name of Walt Dietnikoff who ran Sony Records, who ended up passing away. There were certain people that have been in my career that, that have been extremely, extremely important. I just named, you know, a couple. Yeah. And you've worked uh, hard for many years. You continue to work hard. You, as I said in the beginning, you look better now than you looked 10 years ago. Thank you. And uh, is that your wife or is that, who is it? Uh, no, I, it, it was, I, I woke up one day and I said, I want to live to a long age. So I decided to get healthy. And of course, Debbie motivated me. You know, and, and when she saw you know, people, the only time people change is when they want to change. You, I can't convince you to do anything you don't want to do. Right. So once she saw that I was committed to change, then she encouraged me. So that was basically it. And I was diet and changed, diet changed. But he has a nice head of hair. You, you're fit. You're dressed nicely. This is uh, this is a man who knows who he is, and uh, and uh, believes in himself, and works really hard, and has maintained his sense of humor. And I think that that's why you have so many friends, Alan. You your something. sense of humor and your and your attention to detail is is uh, just infallible. You know, talking about a sense of humor. I, I, I once had a conversation with Debbie. I said, Debbie, tell me if I'm right. Women in their 20s are primarily attracted to men because of their looks. What happens after that? She says, when a woman gets into her 30s, she realizes that the character of a person, the quality of a person, and a great sense of humor yeah. is more attractive than looking like Brad Pitt. And I th that was her opinion. I think there's probably some truth to it. Brad Pitt still is really, <laughs> really good looking. He also has a sense of humor. <laughs> he does. And he's smart. He's very smart. I love Brad Pitt. Right. <laughs> well, Alan, it's been so much fun talking to you, catching up. Um, and uh, I know you have so much more to do. And uh, I don't want to take you away from your clients. Right. 
or, or your please lunch. Don't. Please maybe, don't. Maybe you're off your lunch. Now, what's with the Danish? He brought me a I, box I of the most beautiful Danish. Danish. So everybody could enjoy it. Yeah. That was, I had breakfast at EAT. Oh, you did? Okay. So I said, as I was leaving, I said, yes, I'm, I'm going to bring some Danish. I didn't know how many people were going to be here. So I decided to bring Danish so that everybody could well, enjoy it. Well, if you're it. not in the know, EAT is Eli Zabar's delicious eatery on Madison Avenue and 81st Street. And uh, it is one of the places to go to be seen and to eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Uh, thank you so much. I'm, I can't wait to dig into the pecan. My mother said, whenever you go to somebody's house, you always bring something. That's right. There Danish. you go. This well, is my thank you. This is thank my house away from home. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. Well, I you're am, a delight to talk to, and and I and I uh, and please my best to Larry and to Peter because I I talk to them much more than I talk right. to you, but I miss you. Thank you, and I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.